What is the climate event that Billie Eilish is incorporating into her summer world tour? And should we be injecting CO2 into the seabed? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Thursday, May 5th. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some U.S. drought-related news. Utah last week declared a state of emergency as drought there worsens. The state has been in a drought eight out of the last 10 years. Meanwhile, Las Vegas, Nevada is acting on a law it passed last year, which outlawed lawns along streets and at housing developments and commercial sites. The bipartisan bill argued that lawns use unnecessary water in drought-stricken areas and instead encourage landscapers to use more desert-friendly plants. Making the switch can reduce water usage on-site by up to 70%. All grass must be removed from those areas by 2027. Customers get a rebate of $3 per square foot, but many say that doesn't make up for the cost of replacing the grass with different plants, which can accumulate to about $9 per square foot. Maybe the water bill will make up for it? Now on to a climate study. A new report published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences found that a patch of coral off the coast of Hawaii survived the 2015 heat wave better than most parts. The researchers are trying to unlock the reasons this patch was more resilient. Coral reefs are extremely important ecosystems for maintaining ocean biodiversity, which impacts humans through fishing and tourism, among other activities. Reefs also provide coastlines shelter from storms. Coral populations are heavily at risk of going extinct from climate change as they are sensitive to warming waters. The study finds this area of coral likely did better because it was near less pollution and runoff than most other parts around Hawaii are. This is another good example of how chemicals and climate change compound on each other. Let's look at some climate victories now, starting with a star-studded headline. Billie Eilish announced she and her brother Phineas will host a six-day climate takeover of London's O2 Arena during her happier-than-ever world tour this summer. The event, called Overheated Live, will take place in June and provide a space for climate activists, musicians, and designers to discuss the climate crisis and reveal the work they're doing to make a difference. Topics of discussion are set to include greening spaces in the music industry, the benefits of a plant-based diet, and sustainable fashion. A short documentary will be made of the event. Over in the U.S., the Environmental Protection Agency announced $40 million over the next five years to help restore the Chesapeake Bay. This money comes from Biden's infrastructure bill. It will be allocated to ready-to-go projects, mostly involving farm-based actions to improve local rivers and streams. Improving local conservation will make the area more resilient to climate change. Speaking of building resilience, a new paper published by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's researchers found that beavers might have an important role to play in building climate resilience in northwest waterways. By beavers forming dams that slow down the water, pollutants in the water have a chance to settle instead of moving further downstream, improving drinking water quality. They also re-engineer local ecosystems to allow for more plants to grow, which increases the area's carbon-sucking ability. Most places in the Northwest still classify beavers as pests, so this will hopefully make people reconsider the importance of this creature's role in the ecosystem. 
This next one is a climate neutral headline because I'm skeptical of carbon credit schemes, just straight up. Soon the Bahamas will offer blue carbon credits to companies to offset emissions, money of which they will use for climate resiliency projects. Coastal ecosystems like mangrove forests and seagrass meadows store three to five times more carbon than tropical forests by taking up the carbon and storing it down below. The Bahamas are home to 1,600 square miles of these ecosystems. Last year, a team of researchers found that these marine habitats already store about the same amount of emissions as the world's fossil fuels burned in 2021. The Bahamian government says that means they have about $300 million worth of blue carbon credits. The concern with carbon credits in general is it gives companies an out from decarbonizing their operations by basically paying their artificial emissions count away. But the carbon market could give money to ecosystem-rich countries to maintain their ecosystems rather than them getting money through means that can destroy these ecosystems. Speaking of blue carbon offsets, a new California state bill might soon require any project that impacts coastal resources to pay for blue carbon credits, representing conservation of the state's wetlands, marshes, kelp forests, and eelgrass beds to offset the impact. If you want to keep up with the bill, it's called AB2593. Now on to some climate fails. The Democratic Republic of Congo approved 16 oil blocks, nine of which will be located in the Congo Basin, and at least three of those will for sure overlap with the world's largest tropical peatland, according to the Rainforest Foundation UK. This poses a double threat to the climate. Scientists say the world's peatlands cover three years' worth of warming beneath them, making it an essential carbon sink to conserve and restore. Currently, Congo is limited to producing 25,000 barrels of crude oil a day, all of which gets exported. But the country actually has the second largest oil reserves in Central and South Africa behind Angola. Climate activists say that this development will jeopardize Congo's plan to become a solution country for the climate crisis by maintaining carbon sink environments and utilizing hydropower for energy generation. Meanwhile, in Brazil, 1 million people living near dams are at risk due to lacking government oversight and maintenance, according to DW. 1,220 dams fit this description of lacking government maintenance. So far, Brazil has experienced three large-scale dam disasters since 2009. Major dam tragedies in 2015 and 2019 together killed nearly 300 people. Most of these dams are for water storage or irrigation, but some are for waste storage, which poses an extra threat. Some are also used for hydropower. According to data collected in February by Brazil's National Dam Safety Information System, 39 dams containing mining waste are at high risk or high potential damage. Yet, many dams in Brazil don't have any safety or emergency plans. Anyone within a kilometer of one of these 1,220 dams are at risk. Over in the U.S., Chevron recently joined a growing list of fossil fuel companies investing in offshore carbon storage projects. This is when CO2 is injected under the seabed to stay out of the atmosphere. The company plans to join oil and gas producer Talos Energy and carbon capture and storage developer CarbonVert on their existing venture of storing carbon in the Gulf of Mexico near Texas in a project called Bayou Bend CCS. 
This will be the first offshore lease in the U.S. dedicated to carbon sequestration. Equinor, Shell, and Total Energies partnered a little while ago on a project in the North Sea, which is expected to be up and running by 2024. Another project is being considered off the coast of Australia by Japan's Tokyo Gas Co. and Kyushu Electric Power Co. and Australia's Transborders Energy Pty. Many environmentalists worry that this method of CO2 disposal is just a way for fossil fuel companies to continue business as usual while hurting a new ecosystem that we don't even know that much about. The CO2 could leak out of injection sites, and when CO2 interacts with the ocean, it makes it more acidic harming the ability for organisms to form shells, among other things. A 2018 Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report found that organisms in the immediate vicinity of injection sites will likely die, and even a small amount of projects can alter the ocean's chemistry. Okay, let's end on a cool, clean energy innovation. In a small Shropshire town in the UK, 118 vertical wind turbines will be installed on streetlights to generate electricity off the wind generated by vehicles rushing by. The technology was invented by the UK company Alpha 311. According to the company, one turbine in the middle of a motorway could generate as much electricity as 30 solar panels. And that was your climate news for Thursday, May 5th. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.